Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everyone doing today? In this week's episode, I want to talk about comparing yourself to others. So comparing is our brain's way of trying to create safety. You've heard me say before, back in the caveman days, rejection was deadly. If we were rejected by our tribe, we would have died of starvation or been eaten by predators. And so our brains have learned to constantly be monitoring the people around us to check if we're acceptable and okay, and if we fit in. We compare ourselves to others as a measure of how good enough or acceptable we get to believe that we are. We're constantly debating this internally. Are we okay? Are we enough? Are we worthy? Are we valuable humans? Let me compare myself to these other people to try and work this out. And you'll notice it's not everything and anything that you use to compare. It's the things you've decided are important indicators of worth and value. So I'm going to repeat that because it's really important. The things you focus on in your comparisons are actually the things that you've decided are important indicators of worth and value. So women, for example, are taught from birth by society and the media that their worth and value is really based on how they look. So it's no surprise when a lot of women walk into a room, their brain subconsciously tries to compare their perceived attractiveness to the other women in the room. I used to do this. And then if there was someone who my brain saw and perceived to be more attractive than me, I felt bad about myself. I made it mean I wasn't good enough, that she was better than me in some way. But on the other hand, if I'd have walked into a room of footballers, all doing those weird, I mean, totally cool (laughs) football tricks, like keeping the ball up, or if my girlfriend is listening to this, she's going to be rolling her eyes. (laughs) You can tell that I am not into football or sports in any way. (laughs) Anyway, if I walked into a room of talented footballers, all showcasing their talent, I wouldn't walk out feeling bad about myself. Why? Because I don't make me not being good at sport or football mean that I'm not good enough. I don't make it mean anything at all about me. I'm like, yeah, you're better at that than me. (laughs) It's not a threat to my worth or value in any way. As opposed to when my brain thought that attractiveness was what made me valuable and worthy, then someone else being attractive was totally a threat to my worth and value if they were more attractive than me. So really think for a moment, what are the things that you spend time comparing? Is it looks? Is it how much money you make versus what somebody else makes? Is it the number of friends you have? That was another one of mine. I'd literally count my friends on one hand and then count my partners to compare because I made the number of friends I had mean something about whether I was good enough or worthy or valuable, if I was okay. I'd always think, do I have enough? Am I okay? Is this normal? It's funny how all of our brains are different with this and yet so similar. We're all debating our worth and value. 
but our brains are all picking different ways of measuring it. For some, it's their social media followers or their cars. Some people will get really jealous and insecure because their new colleague has a better doing air quotations as I say that, because obviously no such thing, but you know, a better, maybe a more expensive car than them. While others, including me, struggle to even remember the make of their car. (laughs) I can tell you it's colour, but I don't really know much more, because that's all I'm interested in. Um, If someone said to me, your car's shit, I'd have zero emotional reaction. (laughs) So the things that we really focus on and use as comparisons are often shaped not only by society, but also our upbringing. If having a certain job or career was very important to your family, if that's what they taught you success looked like, your brain probably learned to use that as a good measure of whether you were doing okay, whether you were good enough and acceptable. So I want you to really think about what it is for you. What are the things you've decided are super important? And what are the things that your brain obsesses over when comparing you to other people? Is it the kind of clothes you wear? Is it your weight? Is it your looks? Your house, your job, your friends? Is it your partner? Whatever it is, it's likely your brain has chosen this as the indicator of how acceptable or good enough you get to believe you are. Your chosen genre of comparison. It's a good indicator of where you have beliefs that you can challenge. For example, if you're constantly comparing the way you look to the way other people look, ask yourself, why is that even important? What is my brain making it mean if they are more attractive than me? And I mean, it's totally subjective. (laughs) To some, Keira Knightley is hotter than Kim Kardashian. To others, Rihanna trumps both of them. There's no such thing as objectively more attractive because we all have completely different preferences and opinions and things we're attracted to. But regardless, ask yourself, if we could get a confirmation letter from the board of attractiveness confirming that you aren't as attractive as that girl stood across from you at the gym, so what? What would that even mean? Why is that a problem? What would it mean about you? You likely subconsciously believe it means they're more worthy or valuable than you. They're better in some way. And you may even believe that that means they get to feel better than you do. So we think people who are richer get to feel happier. People who are more attractive get to feel more confident. People who have certain jobs get to feel more successful. But guess what? The circumstance of whatever that thing is does not create the emotion you feel. I'm going to say that again. The circumstance of whatever that thing is does not create the emotion you feel. You can feel happy with no money in the bank and you can feel confident regardless of what size you are or how you look. How do we know this? Because there are plenty of people who most of us would look at and say they're attractive but who on the inside feel incredibly insecure a lot of the time. And there are plenty of people with bank balances that we might envy who are feeling totally miserable in their lives. Because it isn't that thing that creates your emotions, it's always your thoughts. And if you believe you need that thing to be worthy and valuable, you likely won't even feel happy once you get it. Because then you'll just be obsessed with constantly monitoring that thing 
You'd be terrified to lose it. Is my money still going up? Do I still have enough friends? Do I still look okay today? Is someone else looking better than me? Have I put on any weight over Christmas? The need to compare will still haunt you because your brain is still using that thing as the measurement of whether you get to feel good about yourself. Comparing shows up in a lot of my clients' relationships and some examples I've seen are things like comparing your relationship to other people's to see if you're allowed to feel good about your own. You know, asking yourself questions like, is this okay? Is this normal? Is my partner romantic enough? Is my partner sociable enough? Is how often we have sex okay? Those kind of things. Also comparing yourself to your partner's exes. Am I more attractive? If so, this means I'm more valuable and they will never leave me. Or comparing how many social plans your partner has to how many you have. Or comparing how many milestones you and your partner have reached compared to your friends, like engagement, marriage, children. Whatever it is, ask yourself, what is the purpose of my brain comparing these things? What am I trying to figure out? What am I making this thing an indicator of? So let's take the example of comparing the way you look to your partner's exes or their friend or their new coworker, whoever it is that your brain is creating a lot of mind drama and insecurity about. <laughs> the reason I wanted to pick this example is because, as I said, if you're a woman listening to this podcast, your brain is more likely to have absorbed the belief that how you look is very important that you're supposed to be an object of desire, that your weight, your hair, your skin, your clothes, they're all very important and mean something about how good enough you are. So maybe your brain is saying, if that person is prettier or has better clothes or a certain body type that I don't have, then it'll mean they're more valuable. They're a better human than me. My partner might leave me for them. But let's really break that apart. Are you only with your partner because of how they look? You're likely saying, no. (laughs) There's a lot of combination of qualities that you love about them. And if I said, do you think there's a human being alive that people would rate better looking? Again, air quotes, because it's all subjective. Um, But better looking than your partner? You'd probably say yes. (laughs) Unless Blake Lively is listening, because no one is better looking than Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) kidding anyway you likely wouldn't choose to break up with your partner just because you found somebody else more attractive or somebody else attractive in some way because your love for this person isn't just about their physical appearance they are a unique human and the way that they look is just one element of that but because as a woman we're taught that our looks is the most important thing about us that we should always be thinking of ways to be better looking, it makes sense we assume that that's the way people will make their decision process on whether they want to be with us or not. That that is the main value we bring to the table. But you are a worthy, valuable partner regardless of how you look. And if your partner were to leave you because they found somebody else more attractive, that doesn't mean you're not good enough and worthy and valuable just the way you are. And let's be honest, if the only value your partner could see in you is the human shell that you come in, do you really want to be with this guy or this girl anyway? (laughs) 
Often with comparison, we see somebody else having something as a threat to our amount of it. So if they're funny, it's a threat to me being perceived as funny. If they're pretty, it's a threat to me being perceived as pretty. But them having a certain quality doesn't take away from you having it. Them having a good job doesn't take away from your own achievement. And again, you don't even worry about this with things that you're not attaching your worth and value to. If you're not basing your worth on how good your job is, you probably don't feel insecure or jealous or anxious in any way when somebody else announces that they've been promoted. You probably spend zero time comparing your job to somebody else's job. An important thing to remember is that we are all imperfect humans. Often when we compare, we're comparing our worst parts to their best part. Or we're assuming that this person is somehow a level up from us. That they've somehow figured something out that makes them better. They've transcended humanness and they've reached a higher level of existence. But they have really not. They're a human being. They have insecurities and bad days. They've been rejected before. They probably snap at their partner. They maybe have a complex relationship with their parents and they have bad breath in the morning. (laughs) Whoever they are, they'll have their own problems and their own shit to deal with. How do I know? Because they're a human with a human brain living on this planet. Kim Kardashian, you may think she looks amazing. She has loads of money. But have you seen the amount of things she's had to deal with over the last few years? She will still feel sad, lonely, frustrated, annoyed, irritated, bored, just like every other human does from time to time. Whoever it is you're comparing yourself to and wishing you had what they had, remember, it comes with the same balance of 50-50, positive and negative emotions, as all the humans have in the human experience. And there's no emotion like confidence, love, happiness, pride, that's unavailable to you right now, exactly as you are. So here's what to do next time you're comparing. First, find the thought. Maybe the thought is, she's prettier than me, or he's more interesting than me, or they have more money than I do. Then the second step is to really call bullshit on your brain. Is that really true? Who said? Is there any factual evidence of that, or is this totally subjective, or are you just guessing? Then the third step is to ask yourself, so what? A question I also love is, who cares? What am I making it mean, even if that were true? Why would that even be a problem? What am I making that mean about me or my life? Then really question that. Why are you believing that? Where did that come from? Is it a belief you've picked up from your parents, from society, from friends? What if it isn't true? What if that thing actually had nothing to do with how good enough you are or how you get to feel about your life? What if you didn't need to keep making this thing super important and making it mean something about you? Then decide what you want to believe about yourself intentionally. What do you want to believe about your worth, value and enoughness? What do you want to make this thing mean? Sometimes when we're trying to shift our beliefs about ourselves, we get stuck because we're aiming for thoughts that are far too positive. We're trying to go from things like, my stomach is disgusting, to my body is beautiful. (laughs) 
and it's a kind of pie in the sky affirmation and it just feels fake and irritating. (laughs) So our brain just rejects it and this is why instead of pie in the sky affirmations, what I teach my clients and help them with is coming up with realistic neutral thoughts and beliefs that they can practice about themselves that their brain can actually believe and get on board with. And this is how we make those small but important steps to shifting you from one negative belief to something that serves you more. So if you know this is something you need help with, head to my Instagram account, Rebecca or Coaching, then click the link in my bio. When you've clicked the link in my bio, you will see some options. And one of those options is the self-esteem building kit. And if you click on that, you can download it. And it walks you through a few exercises, including how to come up with more neutral beliefs about yourself that will help you finally start making some shifts in your self-confidence. Okay, that's all I've got for you today, guys. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll speak to you all next week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 